welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you this morning. Believing God for healing, health, wholeness, life to transpire today wherever you find yourself. Wasn't last week's message with Pastor Jenny so great? Uh, We were sitting there with some of you having church together, and I was watching people listen. I was watching people engage in the message. And as they were doing so, it was my heart and my desire and my prayer that people were allowing the words that were being spoken through Pastor Jenny to penetrate their minds, to go past their thoughts, to go past um, the awkwardness of sitting in somebody's house or not being in a church service, but being in a, sitting on a couch having church together. It was my prayer that those words from the Spirit of God were moving past all of those outward distractions and finding their way into your hearts, into your minds, into your spirit, so that they brought life and change and transformation for you. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a struggling and a hard time for all of us, and we're trying to find our way to get through this. And as she was speaking, you know, there's so many things that go on in life. And her message about living a life of prayer, how Jesus lived a life of prayer, uh, it was my desire just in my, like it was rising up inside of me as she was speaking that I wanted to encourage you as well. Don't just let those words bounce off of your ears. Don't just let those words be words from last Sunday and you move beyond them. But wherever you find yourself in life, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, realize that a life of prayer is key to your overcoming, to your victory, to your communication with our Heavenly Father who has everything you need to live a victorious, successful, overcoming life so that you're not being overcome by your fears and your worries and your depressions, your anxiety, your doubts, your questions. All those things can be found. All those answers you're looking for can be found in his presence. So I encourage you today, Take time and live a life of prayer like Jesus did so that you can grow in your faith and in your relationship with Jesus. So let's pray today together and let's get into today's message. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that your words are going to penetrate our hearts and our minds and our ears. Father, I ask that you put your words in my heart and my mouth and on my tongue so that I communicate only the things that you want me to say. God, we thank you that you always bring life and healing wherever you are. Father, we thank you that you are moving all across our nation, all across our church family, that you are holding us tight in your grip. We love you. We praise you. We say, have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, We're in our series called Like Jesus. Pastor Jenny did an amazing job last week. Many of you reached out and wrote and told her how much her message spoke to you, how much the words of Jesus spoke to you through what she was saying, and I'm so excited to hear that. Today we're continuing on our message about being like Jesus. And and honestly, being like Jesus and living a life like Jesus is 
what we are after. We are striving to be less of our fleshly, natural self, and we are trying to be more like Jesus in all of our relationships, in all of our conversations, in all the things that we find ourselves doing. We are trying to be more like Jesus. I think of a bumper sticker that I saw years ago, and it said, I don't have a problem with Jesus. It's his followers that I can't stand. And we do not want to be those people that that people look at us and say, man, Jesus is okay, but that guy, I just saw that guy freak out and act like a terrible person. And if he says he's a Christian, I don't want to be anything like that. So we are striving in all we do, in all we say, in all we are, to be more like Jesus. So let's open our Bibles together and begin to look at this. I want to remind you of our foundation scripture of what we're using as a foundation for this series called Like Jesus. And it's in 1 John chapter 2, um, starting in verse, I want to start in verse 5, and it's verses 5 and it's 6, and it says this. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him, Just a little side note again, it's a great correlation between obeying God's word and showing him how much you love him. If you love him, you're going to obey what he says. goes on and says, that is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Are you living living your life as Jesus did? In your relationships, in your family, in your emails, in your phone calls, in your text, in your web searching, in your job place, at your school, wherever you find yourself, are you living your life as Jesus did? You could say, well, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how Jesus lived his life. Well, great. That's great news because we're talking in this series about living a life like Jesus did and what do those things actually look like. Last week, we talked about with Pastor Jenny how Jesus had a life of prayer and how important prayer is for your life. Today, we're going to talk about something else that's equally as important, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. Um, John chapter, uh, let's see, I think it's John chapter 14 here. I want to show you, show you this scripture. John chapter 14, verse 6 says this. Jesus is talking, and he says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I was thinking about this scripture for the last few days And there's three things that Jesus identifies himself as, the way, the truth, and the life. A lot of us don't have a problem with identifying with Jesus as the truth. Jesus is the truth. We need to look to Jesus for truth. A lot of us don't have a problem identifying with Jesus as life. I need life. I need life in my situation. I need life in my scenario. I need life in my family. I need life in my job. I need life. And I know that Jesus is life. We don't have a problem with identifying with Jesus as life. But he said, the first thing was, I am the way. And some of us have a hard time with identifying with Jesus as the way. What does that mean, the way, the way? Like, am I supposed to live my life like Jesus 
lived his life? Am I supposed to live my life the same way that Jesus lived his life? Yes, Jesus is the way. You are supposed to live your life as Jesus did. And that's what we're talking about in this series, living your life like Jesus. And I hope, you know, I keep saying some of the same phrases over and over again, and that's okay because faith comes by hearing. So we may say the same words over and over and over again, but sometimes it just takes a few times for it to get through your head and into your heart. We are trying to live lives like Jesus so that when you leave, wherever you're sitting right now watching this message, when you leave your church service today, that you go into the world and you are living your life in real time like Jesus would. You're acting like Jesus would. You're thinking like Jesus would. Your emotions are lining up to the emotions that Jesus would have. You're living like Jesus. So I want to go to... um, Matthew chapter 3, and I want to start here. good place to start is the beginning of anything. And so Matthew chapter 3 is the very beginning of Jesus' adult public ministry. Um, in, John, in Matthew chapter 3, I'm sorry, we have the account here of John the Baptist who is out baptizing um, people, and Jesus comes to him. Now, what's great to know is... is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which we call the synoptic gospels, they all have the same, the same basic stories in there, the same accounts, the same retellings, and, and they follow the same synopsis. We call them the synoptic gospels. All three of them start out with the birth of Jesus, um, and then we see, I think it's in Luke, uh, we see the story of Jesus when he was 12 years old, and we see some words from Jesus where they found him in the temple. And then that's all we see. So we have the, the, the birth of Jesus told in the Gospels. We have the account when Jesus was 12 years old and he went missing for three days. And his mom and dad found him in the temple and he said, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? And then we don't have any words from Jesus. Again, we have no record in our Bible from when Jesus was 12 the time when he was about 30. And that's what we're going to pick up today. So in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 13, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it, and he said, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. Remember that John was Jesus's cousin. He said, why are you coming to me? Jesus says, now these are the first recorded words we have from Jesus um, since he was 12 years old. He says, Jesus says this, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Verse 16 says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him, on Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Today I want to talk to you about a life of relationship. This is the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And so often, so often you find that life, as we live it, can be at times contrary to the things we see in the Word. A lot of us live our life at our jobs, with our families, with our relationships, where we work, 
we strive, we do things for validation. But here's what I want to point out to you today in this account is we see this, that Jesus comes and he's baptized and, and then a dove comes down and lands on him and then a voice from heaven says these words, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Jesus' life, Jesus' ministry was founded in his relationship with God, in knowing who he was. At this point, Jesus had done no great miracles. Jesus had done no works that we know of. Jesus had raised nobody from the dead that we know of. He hadn't, he hadn't cast out demons that we've heard of. Jesus, as far as we know, Jesus has done no public works or ministry at this point. Yet, we see from heaven a voice says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, the new King James says. And here it says, in who brings me great joy. You see, the relationship that Jesus and God shared together was what brought God great joy. What I want to say to you today is that the first and foremost thing in your life should be a relationship that is founded in a, in, with God. That's where your life needs to be found, in a relationship with God. And what I want to tell some of you, somebody needs to hear this today. It doesn't matter what works you're going to do. It doesn't matter what works you've done. It doesn't matter what works you're hoping to accomplish in the future. Whatever those things are, God will not love you any more or less because of those things. Because what God loves is the relationship he has with you. Jesus had done nothing to this point, yet a, a voice from heaven declares, this is my son. He brings me great joy. What I want to tell you today, somebody needs to hear this, is God finds great joy in his relationship with you. And here's the great thing. If it's not based on works, if you don't have to work to earn your love from God, then you can never lose that love that God has from you. You can never lose his passion for you. You can never lose his desire that he has for you because it's not based on anything that you have done or will done or won't do. He loves you regardless isn't that fantastic? Isn't that a profound thought that you can't work to earn his love? It's just based on the relationship of, of you and him. This is my son. This is my daughter. A life of relationship. You know, Pastor Jenny spoke about Jesus living a life of prayer. And what is prayer? Prayer is a conversation with God. It is you pulling away Silence, solitude, and prayer, she said. It is you withdrawing. It's you pulling away and finding time by yourself so that you can hear the voice of God speaking to you, so that you can grow in your relationship with him, so that you, that you can hear his voice, so that he can hear your voice, that you can find out about each other, that you can find out about questions and, and things that you need understanding to. As you spend time in his presence, you grow in that relationship. And that relationship that you have with him is what brings you joy. A voice from heaven. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. 
God takes great joy in you because of your relationship with him, because of the time that you spend with him. He loves you because he created you. That's what Jesus' ministry was founded upon. That's what Jesus knew. So, you know, I was thinking about this. When you have an understanding of who you are, when you have an understanding of who your family is, when you have an understanding of who your father is, you are so full of confidence that nothing stops you. You know, I was thinking about... Thinking about uh, this one time, me and, me and Pastor Jenny were on a trip to New York City. And we went to this store. We were downtown New York. I think we were at the very south tip of, of the island, I guess. And we were in this big department store and walking around, looking at stuff. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, there is like this large entourage of people. And um, it wasn't like an entourage, like a group of like cool people, like some rapper and like his entourage hanging out, following him around. This was like important people who had like armed bodyguards walking around and they were following around, they were behind them, they were beside them and they were in front of them. So wherever they went, these bodyguards were... were um, watching out for them. And these people were going wherever they wanted and they knew that wherever they went, whatever they were going to do, these bodyguards were there with them. They could go wherever they wanted and nobody could stop them. We left the store. We walk out on the street and there's this car, you know, just like you walk out the front doors. Think of walking out any, any store you could think of. We walk out the front door of this store and literally on the sidewalk pulled right up to the front door is this massive limousine. Big signs everywhere saying, do not park, no parking zone. Violators will be told, you can't park here. Get your car out of here. We're watching out for you. But this car parked right wherever it wanted. And these people got up and went in the store. But you know what was on the front of the car? You know what was on the front of the car. Those great little two flags that stick up. And these, pe- these people were some kind of diplomats. And so they had diplomatic immunity. And they could go wherever they wanted. And they could do whatever they wanted to do. And nobody could stop them. They could park that car on, on the sidewalk right in front of the store and walk out and go shopping. And what's my point about telling you this story that, that we encountered and we saw in our real life? My point is, is that when you know who you are, you're confident in the authority that you've been given. You're confident in who you are. You're confident in who the the authority that is backing you. See, these people knew that nobody could stop them from doing what they wanted because they had those flags, which represented a country, some other country in another part of the world. And so nobody in North America could say, you can't do this because they could do whatever they want because they had diplomatic immunity. Jesus had a father that he based his relationship, that he based his life on. And his father said, this is my son. This is my daughter. I am well pleased. This person gives me great joy. And God says this about you. You need to hear this today, that God is saying to you, you're my son. You're my daughter. I take great joy in you. I delight in you. I am well pleased. It amazes me. That, that the New King James uses the phrase well-pleased because usually you're pleased when somebody has done something. But Jesus had done nothing, yet God was well-pleased with him. And he was pleased in the state of their relationship. I'm your father. You're my son. You're my daughter. 
We need to live a life knowing that you are God's son, that you are God's daughter. You know, John chapter uh, 16, I think it is. Let's, let, me, let me flip there real quick. And I think it's verse 23. Um, John 16, 23 says this. Jesus is speaking. He says, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Why could Jesus say that? Because Jesus knew the authority he had because of the relationship that he had with his Father. My point is very simple today. And maybe I haven't done a good job of communicating it to you. What I'm trying to say to you today is that nothing you say, nothing you do, can cause God to love you anymore. He is well pleased with you, son and daughter, because of the relationship he desires to have with you. He's well pleased with you because he created you. That's what he's well pleased in. And when you begin to understand who your father is, who your spiritual father is, and the authority that you have in him through the power of Jesus Christ, nothing that you see will be impossible to you. Mark 11 talks about Look at that mountain and say to it, be cast in the sea. It'll be cast into the sea. Nothing is impossible to those who believe. You have a foundation and you have authority in God because of your relationship with him. You are his sons and you are his daughters like Jesus. Jesus himself said, when he was getting ready to ascend to heaven, he was talking to his disciples. He said, the same works I will do and greater, the same works that I did and greater you'll do because I go to the Father and I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. You're gonna be able to do the same things. You can do the same things that Jesus did and greater because of the authority that you have in your relationship with God. You know, I find it really interesting going on here quickly. Right after this account, right after you see this, the Bible talks about how Jesus was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And you see there's three temptations that come along. And those first, two, those first two temptations in Matthew chapter 4, it says in verse number 3, During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Tell these stone to become the loaves of bread. And then again in verse five, he's, or verse six, he says, the devil comes again, takes him to the holy city, Jerusalem, the highest point of the temple. He says, if you are the son of God, what you see happening is at the end of chapter three, God is establishing the identity of Jesus. You're my son. I'm well pleased in you. You've done nothing yet. I'm pleased in who you are. I'm pleased in our relationship together. 
And then immediately you see the enemy come. And what does he try and do? He tries to pull the threads. If you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, do that. And what is he trying to do? He's trying to break down that understanding and that authority and that revelation of who we are in Jesus, of who we are in God. I'm here to tell you today, you are a son, you are a daughter of God, and no one can take that away from you. And when you find out, when you recognize, and when you understand the authority that you have in God, then nothing can stop you. Then you'll walk the streets, then you'll listen to the voice of God wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself, and you will begin to act and do those things that God is calling you to do because you know that no, nobody and no thing can stand in your path because God will be glorified. You're a son and you're a daughter of Jesus. You're a son, you're a daughter of God. Live a life of relationship. My prayer for you today is that you leave, that this message finishes, and that you realize that you're his son, that you're his daughter. And nothing you say or do can earn any more love or can take that love away from you. Yes, there's sins that we can step into and there's mistakes that we can cause and we can do. And those things will separate us from God. But his love and his desire for you and his passion for you and his desire for a relationship with you is always there, always wanting to be reunited and, and rekindled and restored. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.